How many of you love Christmas? Man, I just love the Christmas season. It's such a great time. Last week we spoke about our joy that cannot be canceled. Our series name is Christmas is not canceled. And we're talking about the reasons why Christmas can't be canceled. Because there's just certain things that aren't based on the event. Am I correct? Some things that you can carry with you that doesn't require any external circumstances for you to be able to have that. And one of those things is joy. Today we're going to speak about peace. My peace cannot be canceled. How many of you have lost your peace before? How many of you have walked in your day and you've kind of just been bothered by something, but you couldn't put your finger on that thing? It's like something is in the back of your mind. You, somewhere something happened and you're uneasy on the inside. Have you, have you experienced that kind of like, what's bothering me? And you know, until you come to like a standstill and you ask yourself, what the heck? Why am I so not at peace right now? And you start thinking about what happened. You really can't discover that thing and and so sometimes it's necessary for us to just to just stop and just ask yourself what happened you know what often happens to me how i often lose my peace is somebody i I would be just in a general conversation and somebody would say something and in the moment i won't think anything of it but Later on, when I come to a standstill, I would realize that what that person had said or what he did or what I heard or something that I had done even stole my peace in that moment and I wasn't able to stop it from doing it because it spoke to me something that I believed to be true or real that applied to me. And because of that, I felt I felt that I am going to be jeopardized. My, my, either my safety, either my, you know, my, 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 my future, or what, something about me is going to be jeopardized that I don't want jeopardized. And because of that, I start having this little, this little nagging fear on the, on the inside of my heart. That is called when you, lose, you, lose, you lost your peace. You lost your peace because you're no longer in well-being on the inside. We want to talk about that today. Talk about how to keep our peace. But so this year have been full of those little things. I mean, not only have we had, you know, <laughs> all the things happen in, in the, with the virus and, and, and then after that, the, you know, the hurricanes that hit us and, and many people are still recovering from, you know, from the after effects of that. And many people still have no kind of clear path through how to get to where they were before. And then we also had elections that, that sent a riveting fear thief through our society. But I want to point us to Scripture today. Because it's when we read God's Word that we find that our, our peace does not have to be canceled. Let's start with what happened in, in the beginning with the birth of Christ. Luke 4 verse 14 says this, it says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. Important qualifier there at the end, to those with whom God is pleased. Now we know that the Bible says somewhere else that it's impossible to please God without our faith, that our efforts cannot please Him and uh, all of our best attempts to you know, impress Him does not. In fact, 
the only thing that pleases God is faith and our trust in Him because it talks about the relational um, willingness we have to bank on Him and His promises to us. So Jesus walked around often and you often hear when angels in the Bible appear to people, they would say things like this, peace be to you, do not be afraid. And Jesus would often tell people, go in peace and sin no more. The, the, the aspect of peace is such, such a central part of the being of, of God's existence, of his kingdom, and, and, and of, of Jesus' you know, modeling of, of the kingdom lifestyle on earth. And the Bible even says that you know, the kingdom of God is not in the things that we do uh, or don't do. Uh, it's actually in right, righteousness. It's in peace. And joy. So the, the characteristic of the kingdom is that there is a peace for us to walk in if we are a part of the kingdom as well as a joy and righteousness, which often also refers to the way we think. The Bible talks about our thinking affecting the way we see ourselves and disable or enable us to walk in our true identity, which are to be righteous is to be righteous. So <clears throat> the disciples of Jesus went on and, and continued this. As, as, as Paul would write to, his, to the believers in the churches that he had started, he would, tell, he, would tell grace, he would tell them grace and peace to you from the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and then he would continue with his letter. So we see peace as just this constant echo in the kingdom of God. For you and I who live in the kingdom of God, peace should be the atmosphere that we walk in continuously. So what comes to mind when you think about peace? Let's show some pictures on the... On the <laughs> Man, I tell you what, that does bring some, you know, <laughs> some feelings of peace and tranquility to my heart. I'm a, I'm a slight little bit of a beach bum. Um, I used to surf uh, in, in South Africa. Oh, how about that one? The mountains. You know, you have your, your beach people and sometimes you have your mountain people, right? Now I see, and, and, some, and some lakes, I mean, water often just, you know, has, has that calming effect on people. That's why people try to put in these little home fountains, you know, just listen to the sound of the rushing waters flowing over my soul. Okay, for some of you ladies and gents, maybe that might be, you know, rather what peace looks like. Somebody is constantly messing on your muscles. Each to his own, I guess. Now that is like, that's where the expression sleeping like a baby comes from. Of course, we know that that's not reality, right? Because like, I don't know really what the expression sleeping like a baby means. Um, Until they sleep, then you know (laughs) what it means. But everything up till that is just like war. Anyways, um, how about that? Sometimes having enough of that means to us that we might have peace. <laughs> okay, not a jarful. What does that even say? Oh, savings, yeah? Okay, for some people it's, it's, it's order. It's cleanliness. It's like when I, when I come home in the afternoons, I, I like the house to have, at least have some resemblance of cleanliness. I'm not, a, I'm not a dictator and by no means am I autocratic like that and I won't like, you know, fuss at my wife. I'll rather just help her get it done and get it clean. But, but orderly environments does help me to you know, just feel a little, bit, a little bit more at peace. But all of this that we just described is, is what is referred to in, in life as situational peace or circumstance-based peace. It's peace that you derive from external 
things. And, and, and the reality is, is that, that you can be in those environments and still be not at peace. You can still have something in your mind that is just like tormenting you that you cannot get a grip on. Um, because, because really we know that, that peace is not something that is produced from external circumstances. So what is this peace that God really wants each and every one of us to have in the kingdom? Let's, let's read what Isaiah 26 verse 3 says. It says this, You will keep, referring to God, uh, in perfect peace all those who trust in you, all those whose thoughts are fixed on you. You will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you, all those whose minds, whose thoughts are fixed on you. I don't know about you, but um, <laughs> in my life, imperfect peace is, 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 is more of a reality. You know, like sometimes I have it, sometimes I don't. But God desires for each and every one of us to walk in perfect peace. That means that the minute you realize you're out of peace, you can immediately regain your peace because it's God's desire for us to walk in it. Would you say that God wants his kingdom to be a reality in your life? Of course, that's why he has us pray. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He taught us to pray that because he wants his kingdom's realities. All the things, all the, 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 the realities and truths of his kingdom. He wants that to be our experience here on earth. And so God wants you to be able to walk in perfect peace. Now the word peace in the Hebrew word is the word shalom. Now I think probably, you know, if you've been in the church world a little while, you've, you've heard about this word, shalom. Some people make, make it a little weird, but it doesn't have to be weird, okay? Um, like if, if, if you would go to a Cajun and greet him shalom, you know, he's going to be like, what? Um, but what you... <laughs> because we don't speak Hebrew, um, but the idea that you're trying to convey is beautiful. Because within shalom, there is a complete wholeness and a lacking of nothing if you gain the shalom of god it means that you are internally and externally in complete well-being you have everything you need to do everything you must that sounds good right that feels even better than that picture of the massage or you know or the money jar now, there's a powerful story of um, Jesus and his disciples when they were um, in a boat trying to cross over a big uh, body of water. Um, some call it a sea, some call it a lake. Um, but this, a storm arose and, man, this, this place just became a mess. And, and they were taking in water and they were starting to fear for their lives. And at some point, you know, um, <laughs> they, were, they were completely overwhelmed by the, by the circumstance they found themselves in. But the problem here is not, the, the, the bigger story here is actually not the, the external circumstance. It's actually the internal storm that the disciples was working through at that time. They were trying to figure out what was going on with Jesus. What was he telling them? How was he, you know, um, uh, when was he going to do what he was going to do? Do they trust him? Don't they trust him? There was internal turmoil in their own hearts. There was turmoil between them, conflict between them. There were power struggles and plays around. Basically, it was just normal life that they were busy dealing with. 
you know, and all the things that we all deal with, with when it comes to our ambition and our, 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 our goals and things that we're trying to achieve. Um, and, and, and all of those things, if they become our focus, really can make storms break out on the inside of our hearts. And those storms can really bring destruction. Destruction to our marriages, to our, to our kids, destruction to our, even our workplaces, destruction to our own lives. And they can make us reach for things that we shouldn't be reaching for um, if we don't know how to handle those things. But they were overcome by the external forces that was around them as well. And, you know, each of us have and might be currently experiencing storms. Uh, you know, we experienced a real storm, two of them this, this year, but they ignited other storms in our lives, maybe some financial, maybe some relational. But storms are such a fact of life and reality of life, the Bible doesn't even deny that we're going to go through storms. The Bible just says, when you go through it, I will be with you in it. You know, the fact of life is that Jesus never promises for us a storm-free life. And don't believe any kind of, you know, spiritual guy that tries to tell you that, you know, if you do this and this and this, then you'll live a storm-free life. No, we're promised a storm-proof life, that's for sure. But you're going to face storms. Are you ready for them is the question. Have you figured out how to retain God's peace in the midst of those storms? Well, these guys haven't, and... Um, when, when the external storms hit us, unfortunately, they get on the inside of us as well. That's the biggest, that's the, that's the uh, more dangerous one, in fact, is when the outside storm forces you into a storm on the inside. How many of you right now where you're at would choose to have peace as a po- p- peace rather than calm conditions? Or how many of you would just want the conditions around you to change and you'll just want calm conditions and not have peace? Now think about it. You had an offer here. You're in a crunch somewhere, somehow. And right now, that thing can be taken away from you. But it doesn't mean you're going to have internal peace. See, sometimes that becomes very lucrative to us. And let me tell you how that plays out in reality. Okay. Some way you get promised that, you know, this issue with your marriage is going to go away if you just do X. Now, X is not going to guarantee you peace. But it will take you out of the issue that you're currently at. How many of you will actually take it? Won't actually take it. If you, if you get promised to get taken out of your financial situation that you're in right now, you're in debt, you need, you need but somebody asks you to do a job that's immoral, but it'll take, it'll take you out of your... See, sometimes, sometimes we have to be honest. We'll, you know, sometimes we'd rather just want the conditions to become calm. We're not really, we're not really convicted enough to say, all right, God, I'm going to stick in my... I'm going to choose my st- external storm and keep my internal peace. And that's a really big issue, especially in a time and age where you know, the pursuit of happiness has become the most desirable goal it's the ultimate ultimate success thing people will rather choose to have their external storms taken care of before they choose internal peace and we need to make sure that we don't do that because that internal storm ends up being more destructive than what the external storm can ever 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 be so sometimes we face these external things and we think to ourselves, we need to take matters into our ha- own hands. Why? Because like Esther said, we're like, where is God in all of this? Man, has he forgotten me? 
Uh, and the disciples felt like that. In Matthew 4, they, they, <laughs> they screamed as they waked. Because Jesus was obviously, he was sleeping in the boat, right? So naturally, we, we think that's what he does all the time. Like, Lord, are you even aware? Are you even awake? Can you see what I'm going through? Um, and they, and they, they saw Jesus sleeping, and they, and they wake him up, and they're like, Teacher, <laughs> don't you care that we're dying? <laughs> Do we not matter to you anymore? Have you felt like that? I've felt like that. I've felt like that often. Um, I've said that to God, even though I know <laughs> that it's the stupidest thing to say, but I, I still felt it. And, and I have got a pretty like, you know, real relationship with God, and so I will tell Him when I feel things like that. Even though I know it's not true, it is my experience at that minute, and, and I do want Him to know that. Um, not that I believe that He does not know, but I felt like saying it. <laughs> and, and I did. But some of us have, have felt this in, in, in less humorous situations. And we felt really that, you know what, if it's going to be, it's up to me. And then we start taking matters into our own hands to try and fix the storm, but end up only making this internal storm more dangerous. Jesus is never surprised that you're going to go through storms. In fact, he was the one that sent them out on the water. He knew that there was going to be a storm. But he also wants you to know that since he knew the storm was going to come, that he wasn't taken by surprise by your storm. And if you can just remember that he is with you in the storm, you'll be able to look to him when it's necessary to guide you and, ask, and, and, and tell you how and what, what you need to do. So this is what Jesus does when we find ourselves in storms. At the right time, he says, he awoke, he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, peace, shalom, be still. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Jesus is saying, don't you realize who is with you in this boat? Each of us has to remember that Jesus is with us in this walk. My wife said so many amazing things this morning. Like Joseph did not even share our privilege of having Christ live on the inside of us through his Holy Spirit. He did not. In the Old Testament, God did not indwell the hearts of believers. In the New Testament, he does. So you and I have a, a far greater um, you know, chance of surviving these storms because we not only have God aware of us, we have God in us. And he's never leaving. That means that no matter what you're going through, Jesus is there with you. The one who will say to the storm, peace, be still, when it needs to be, when it needs to happen. But at the same time, he wants you to learn to not allow the storms to make your eyes go somewhere else, but to fix your eyes on him. Because here's the reality. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. We find peace in the presence of God. Nothing you try and do externally is going to provide you with peace internally. No matter how well prepared you are for your, for your, for your one-day retirement or for you know, medical emergencies, or not, none of those things are uh, perfect peace. None of those things can provide you with shalom. But you can be in shalom even if those things aren't fully in place yet. Because you have something greater 
than external provisions. You have God. You have God Himself. And He is your sufficiency. He is your everything that you need. That's why He introduces Himself to, to, to Moses as, I am what I am. Which means that when you need me, I'm there for you for what you need me for. And I'll walk with each of you an individual journey to help you walk through what you need to walk through because I am. And I am is now living on the inside of us. Peace is the product of presence, not other things. Now, of course, we've said this. We will have trouble in this world. In fact, the Bible guarantees that John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have trouble. But that doesn't mean you, um, that you know, when, when trouble comes, like we said, like we heard last week, that God is not in it. He is not behind the trouble, but He is in it with you. And knowing that He's in it with us is where we derive our peace from, our shalom from. When my girls often um, come to me, you know, with trouble, when they're, when they're fearful or when something's happening... You know, it always comes to be in the form of a little whirlwind. I don't know how many of you have girls. And uh, <laughs> how many of you <clears throat> deal with sometimes a little bit of an estro- estrogen overdrive? <laughs> I have to deal with that often. And so, essentially, you, you can't ever... You, you, they come to you and you don't even really know what's wrong. Because all you hear is like, Daddy! Daddy! <laughs> It's <laughs> exactly how it sounds, right? <laughs> Where's the girl dads? Come on, own it. Um, and so what you have to do to even know what's going on, you have to like, all right, baby, hold on, baby, hold on, hold on. Just take a deep breath. Now, let's try that again. And normally it goes like this. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, let's start again, let's start again. So I will try and distract their like, focus off of the whole thing. And here's the best way to distract somebody's focus. You ask them a question. You ask them a question so that they have to think about something entirely different. So here's my normal response to them. All right, listen to me. Listen to me. Do you have a daddy? And they'll be like, Where's <laughs> who are you and what did you do with my dad? You know, it's like, I'm like, hey, do you have a daddy? And they were like, yes. I said, all right, your dad's going to take care of this. I'm here now. It's going to be okay. Now, tell me what happened. And normally at that point, it's like I can actually finally discover what was going on, right? But sometimes we just need to be like, hold on. Do you have a daddy? Do we have a dad? We have a father. We have a father. But sometimes we're so... We can't even make sense of our own thoughts. If you're in that moment, you're not in peace. You're not in peace. But the minute you just realize, oh my goodness, I have a father. He's going to take care of this. Lord, I come to you in the name of your son. And I just submit this mess to you. Help me, Lord. Help me. And you can start hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit break through the chaos, break through the noise and say, I got you, my daughter. I got you, my son. I'm going to figure this out.
What we really need is we don't just need pieces of feeling. We need the force of peace behind us. And that kind of peace only comes from God. In John 14, he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. See, a peace that the world didn't give you is not a peace that the world can take from you. Our peace that we receive from God is a powerful peace that can override whatever is happening in the world around us. And that's how you often find yourself in a situation where you're, man, I am just completely overrun by circumstances. I don't know which way to turn really, but you know what? I'm okay. I'm okay. I am surviving. Because the peace on the inside causes a greater pressure to arise internally than what you're experiencing externally. And so you're not crushed by whatever you're having on the outside. How many of you would love to have a peace like that in every part and every moment of your life? That peace is only obtainable in a connection with God. It's only attainable in the presence of God because it's the peace of Christ that He left us that is able to withstand things that we feel on the outside. He's not just giving you pieces of feeling. He's giving you His sustaining life force, something on the inside of you that helps you go through things that other people might completely just break down in. And let me tell you that if you can find how to walk in God's peace, 90% of your mental challenges will be fixed. There are legitimate mental challenges in this day and age that are biological. But the majority of it is really us trying to carry the weight of the world on our own shoulders and trying to fix our own lives and trying to figure out and trying to compete and trying to keep up and trying to and trying to and trying to until we break down and we want to just hide away from everything and anything because we can't deal with it anymore. Walking in God's peace makes us powerful amidst realities of mental pressures that, you know, these days are, are more than I believe it, it has been in, in many generations. So my question, your question might be, how do we keep experiencing the shalom of God? Well, last week we learned about joy, that when we receive God's joy in His presence, um, that we need to learn how to, how to fight for and protect what we have possessed, what, what God has given us. Whatever you have, you need to fight to, to keep it. And so your response often determines your, the outcome of your life. Your response, I believe, determines our destiny. So how do we keep on experiencing the shalom of God? Peace, the battle for peace is, is, is won or lost in our minds. And many of you might have learned this, you've, you've heard this, but you don't practice this because you're still walking in anxiety. You're still walking in depression, and I'm not talking about the biological kind. You're still, talk, you're still walking in, um, in, in, in fear of the future and, and being feelings of overwhelmedness. If you learn how to fight the battle for peace, you basically win all those other battles at the same time. Because the peace of God lines you up for the promises, the will of God to take, take place in your life. If you have peace in your life, you can hear the voice of God. Peace 
fixes so many things in our lives. If you hear the voice of God, you can hear his encouragement. You can hear his identity. You can understand who you are. You can start, start standing up in the new you that you have become through the, you know, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ and your rebirth. Peace is like, man, if you, if you, if you don't have peace, nothing else falls in place. So this is one of the most fundamental and important battles that we as Christians need to fight. And when you lost your peace, everything else needs to stop until you've regained your peace. Because if you have to make decisions when you're not peace, you're probably going to make a mess of it. If you have to make decisions when you're not in peace, you're probably going to make a mess of it. So find your peace first and then start making decisions. How many of you have, have done what-if thoughts? You run through, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if he says this? Well, what if they do it? What if they do this? What if this happens? What if the stock market does this? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? Let me tell you, that game is a lethal game. Don't play that game. It kills God's peace. It kills God's peace on the inside of our hearts. Because our minds are the battleground where we win or lose our peace. What does Isaiah 26 says? We've read this, but I'll read it again. You will keep. So who's the keeper of the peace? It's God. But he needs our response. In perfect peace, all those who trust in you. How do we trust in God? The next part says this. All those whose thoughts are fixed on you. And you might think, oh man, this is just so simplistic. Listen. The gospel is simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. And if you lose the simplicity of the gospel, you actually find yourself in a mess because we overcomplicate things as humans. The gospel is supposed to be simple. Look, the simplest things in life are often the most difficult. And it is like this with peace. If you keep your mind and your heart focused on God, you will retain your peace. You will keep your peace. He will help you keep your peace. What he's saying here is, don't fix your mind on CNN or Fox News or the new one, the new savior, Newsmax. Is it Newsmax? That thing? The new savior of the conservative mind. No. If your mind stays fixed on those things, you will not have peace. You will forever be longing for peace because those things can never provide for you what a mind fixed on God's word can do for you. We need to fix our minds on the truth of God. Now the Hebrew word for the word fixed is the word samak. Samak literally means that I'm putting all of my weight on something. So right now I'm not really putting my weight on this chair, right? I'm not, because if I, if I let go of my hand, I'm actually still supporting myself by my, by my leg here. But if I were to remove this leg out here, right, and, wait, cramp, oh, okay. Now I am completely fixing myself onto this chair. If this chair is to be removed, or my arm is to be removed, I'm going one way, and it's not up. That's what it means to put your mind on something. It's fully trust in this thing to hold you. So if you want peace, you're going to have to get your pro you're going to have to focus your mind on the promises of God in the word. Not on the promises and on the outcome of the elections court cases. Not on the promises and on 
when I get a job again. Not on the promises and when I'm done with my tests or my final exams and things like that. My peace is gained by fixing my eyes purely on God's word and his faithfulness to me on what he promises to provide for me. That's where my peace comes from. In fact, the minute you try and put promises and or God's truth and all of a sudden you find yourself that that is the actual thing that you're putting your trust in. And so you're just waiting to see the news every single day to hear, is my life going to be okay? Look, as a Christian, your life is going to be okay. Depending on whether you can walk in peace. Depending on whether you can focus on the truth of God's word about you, about your life, and what he has planned for you during this time. God wants us to walk in peace, but he needs us to fix our eyes on him. So what is your mind currently fixed on? What do you depend on to give you peace? It's all good and dandy while that thing is still in place, but what if it gets taken away? What then? Then your world's going to come crushing down. So rather now, reject the offer that that thing makes you. Don't worry Your oil field job has got you. Well, we know how volatile that is. Don't worry. Your government job has got you. Well, now suddenly we realize how volatile that is. Don't worry. Your teaching job has got you. Oh my goodness. Is that... How can we depend on such fickle things for our peace? When there is a substantial promise from God's word that we can base our peace on. I would rather not trust in anything even though it gives me the temporary feeling of security and peace, that when that thing disappears, my life doesn't fall apart. I, am, I remain steadfast and I can, I can still hear the voice of the Lord saying to me, don't worry, that, that opportunity closed, but I'm going to open up a new opportunity for, for you over here. When you're not walking in peace, you can't hear the voice of the Holy Spirit leading you because you're the whole time. And you might not do that externally, but you certainly are doing it internally. So how do we win this battle in our minds? Let's go to Philippians 4. Philippians 4 verse 8 to 9 says the following. And I'm going to read 6 to 7 just, before, just after this. But I want to do this one, these, these two first. He says this, fix your thoughts on what is true. Where do we find truth? Not Newsmax, the Bible. That's where you find truth. What is honorable, what is right, and what is pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned. Because when you fix your mind on all these things, you start learning about these things. You start learning what is truth. You start learning what is honorable and how to live that way. You start learning what is right and wrong. And you start choosing how to live right. What is pure? What is lovely? What is ethical? What is moral? You start learning because you're fixing your eyes on these things. What is admirable? What gains you favor? You start learning and you start doing. And then it says, keep putting into practice all you learn and receive from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then, that's a very important qualifier. Half the reason why we don't experience the Bible is because we don't do what's in front of the ifs and what is in front of the thens. What's after the ifs and in front of the thens. Those are very important words. If you see an if in the Bible, 
if is a small word, but it's a big word. The same with then. If we will, then God will. Then God, the God of peace, will be with you. God's presence will be with you. It will guard your peace. If you live like this, nothing that happens this Christmas can cancel your peace. You will have a very awesome Christmas time. You will be able to control the battle that goes on in your mind. If you're going through a loss, a hurt, a fear, you need to, you need to, like Ephesians 4 Right? This is not one of those scriptures that you read once in your life and then you just go about the rest of your day. You know? um, like the genealogy of, 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 of Jesus Christ. Right? You read it once and then after that you're like, alright good, now I know who his forefathers were. I have no clue what their names are, but I know that there were many. And I never have to read that again. Well, there's a lot to be learned from that anyways, but only if you're really interested. The bottom line is, <laughs> they're not that consequential to my life right now. But this verse... You have to have somewhere visible in your house. This verse you have to remind yourself daily, daily of. This verse helps you to win the battle for peace in your mind. Philippians 4 verse 6 to verse 9. But right now 6 and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. Why? Because understanding is based on logic. And logic is based on what I can see. Because X equals Y and Z equals Y, therefore X equals Z, right? It's logical. I can understand that. When you fix your mind on Christ, you find yourself often in a place where, man, I'm at peace. But my X and my Zs and my things, they're not equaling nothing. This is, the math doesn't make sense. But I'm at peace. Why? Because I have placed my mind on the things of God, on the promises of God, on the character of God, the faithfulness of God. And therefore, I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to be okay. Peace that doesn't make sense is another way to say it. Very fancy language, which transcends all understanding. In simple Cajun English, don't make sense. Don't make no sense. But you have it. Why? Because you've been fixing your mind on the right things. Will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. I'm gonna it's 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 definitely Tiger's weekend this weekend. I'm gonna brag on Tiger for a little bit. You, you, you can like punish me afterwards but I need to do this Tiger <laughs> lost his job during the pandemic right and <clears throat> I'm still kind of new in this church leadership thing whatever you know and so sometimes it's just I know how it is with humans you know it's difficult to hear stuff from a new from a new person and so here comes this new guy on the scene and all of a sudden, he needs to give me life advice. Number one, he's younger than me. Number two, he's from a different country than me. How the heck and whatever. But kudos to Tiger. He listened to me that day. And thankfully, I said something that's sensible in the word, from the Word of God. I said to him, look, Tiger, if you're, if you're dependent on a company to be your provider, right now you should be freaking out. Because that company just told you you're not going to provide for you anymore. But if you know that God is your provider, 
It means that you're not working for a company, you're working for God. And God assigned you to work for this place. And when they can't take your work anymore, God will assign you different work. Work is not what gives us money. It's what God assigns us to do. And if you will get yourself in peace and you will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, He will tell you, go do this, go do that. And there will be provision along the way. Tiger took that to heart somehow. He started just listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You know what it led him to do? Sometimes and some days it just led him to go and pray for people. I'm I'm not a minister. No, you are. If you're a Christian, you're a minister. You might not be a pastor or an evangelist or one of those fivefold ministry gifts, but you're a minister of the gospel, of the good news of Jesus Christ. Each and every one of us are like that. That's part of our work. Do we ever hear God, God's assignments for us in that? He did that. And you know what? So many people got blessed in that time because of it. And eventually, God led him to a place where he got a normal looking job again that provides etc but all through that time that he didn't have the normal looking job there were things that came his way God kept on providing for him but I never saw him stress out freak out or he kept his trust in the Lord now it's not in his own power that was God in in God's grace enabling him and I know that but the point is that this is as real as you and I this is as relevant as you and I You can remain in peace if your mind is fixed on the truth. The truth is God is my provider, my protector, my healer, my my identity. He's the one that gives me significance. I don't have to get significance from, you know, one-upping the guy who just bought a new boat. If I stop doing these things and, 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 and 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 I contain my mind to retain the truth, whatever is right and noble and good and honorable and praiseworthy and live in those things, the God of peace will be with me. And our Christmas will be amazing. Your Christmas will be amazing. This season will carry into the new year and you will carry a peace and joy with you into the new year that cannot be canceled, no matter if 2021 is the greatest anticlimax in the history of America. Because we're all going, can 2021 just come? No, can the peace of God just come into our hearts? Then 2021 is of no consequence. I don't even have to worry about what, what, the, what it will bring because I will remain okay. But that, that then, that if, is very important. We have to fix your mind. We have to make a decision today to take our, to take our dependence off these things that we, we're trusting to bring us back into peace. Just reject that offer. It's not bad things, but just, just say no thank you. No thank you, Newsmax. No thank you, new job that offers me a lot of things that I can get, but I'm going to have to do some dubious things. No thank you. No thank you. I'm good. I'm good in the presence of God. Let's keep choosing the peace of God over just calm circumstances. That sets you up to listen and to hear and to follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Where there is abundance, where there is, (laughs) like the Bible says, life in abundance. Let's all stand and let's, let's take a moment while we're standing in prayer and just ask God to, to show us. Let's pray. 
Holy Spirit, come and show us where we've placed our dependency on on external things for our peace. Whatever thoughts the Holy Spirit brings to your mind right now, just, just acknowledge them before Him. Say a simple prayer like, Lord, I've trusted in, in the news, and I've, I've trusted in, in my work. I've trusted in, I trusted in my parents. trusted in my family and it led me to be disillusioned disappointed the Holy Spirit wants to bring healing to your heart today by restoring first your peace He wants to let you know that no matter what you're going through no matter what you've experienced no matter how disappointed you are how hurt you are no matter how scared you are right here in this moment He wants you to take a hold of His peace that comes with His presence He wants to restore His shalom, His well-being on the inside of your heart. The promise of His presence comes with all of the promises of His provision, His protection. He's going to help you. He's going to help you. He's going to walk you through this. You're going to be okay. But you've got to listen. You've got to think about Him. You've got to trust Him. You've got to focus on those promises. You've got to allow Him to be your everything. Your anxiety will disappear. You'll get on top of your depression. You will be able to experience God's joy, presence, joy in His presence more often and more frequently. So won't you just release that thing to Him? Lord, I will no longer trust in. You just fill the blank. Just pray that prayer before God today. But I will trust in your word. I will trust in your promises, in your truth. I'll pray that in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. If you prayed that prayer, won't you just give God a praise offering today? If you prayed that prayer, won't you just glorify him in this place? Say, Lord, I worship you. I thank you for helping me to correct my thinking. acknowledge you as my Savior and as my Lord the only one that can guide me and carry me through Father thank you that as a group we can stand and and ask for your kingdom to come and your will to be done in our church Lord Father we don't want our own agendas we want your agenda Lord we want what you're about Father and I know that your peace is so central to your kingdom that we ask for your peace to just be our, be our constant reality, Lord. Thank you that with your presence comes joy. And if we fix our minds, Lord, on everything about you, that your peace just reinforces your presence again in our hearts. We worship you today in the name of Jesus. Amen.